You are listening to episode number 84 of the Fit Successful Dad podcast. Hey guys, what's up? This is Gordon. This is episode number 84. Um, I'm really stoked to be recording this today and I'm glad that you're here listening. Uh, what I want to talk about today is how do you know when you're right? You know, when people, when they're right, uh, do they know that they're right before they are? You know, do they sit there and dwell about it, uh, wondering if whatever they're about to do or whatever they want to do is going to be the right move and if they're going to be able to execute it well? And maybe you're in that situation, maybe you're not, maybe you will be in six months, maybe you were six months ago. I definitely have been multiple times, and uh, I'm willing to bet that if you've ever built something or tried to build something, that you've been in that situation too. So, uh, but before I get started, uh, I do want to let you know that I'm trying out different uh, a different microphone today. I'm going through a whole kind of an array of microphones, trying to find the one that I love the most, and it might be the one that I've been recording with for the past uh, six, seven, eight months. And it might not. So this one right here, this is, a, in case you're wondering, this is a Shure SM57. Um, it's not typically used for spoken word applications uh, in a recording environment. It's used a lot for live stuff. Uh, anyway, I'm not going to get too AV on you. But anyway, how do you know when you're right? All right. So you ever wonder how when people launch something new, uh, you know, like, and, and you hear about it in social media or something, maybe it's a, like a new book, um, or a new album, you know, this happens all the time with, with music artists. Uh, maybe it's an entrepreneur that builds a brand and, you know, they launch a new line and the line absolutely. So how do you, have you ever wondered how people who, who do something like that, who put something out and it absolutely dominates, have you ever wondered how that happens? And, you know, how did you know, or how did that person know, or that team, or whatever, how did they know that whatever they were about to put out was going to absolutely kill it, you know? And it seems to happen all the time, right? Um, again, books, podcasts, all kinds of stuff. People, they talk about it a little bit for a month, and then next thing you know, the release date comes, and it's all over the place, and it's absolutely just like crushing the market in, in whatever market that is. You know, how did that person, how did those people know that they're right? The bottom line is they, they didn't, right? They didn't know they were right. It took, this took me a long time to understand. Okay. When people launch something new, when brands launch something new, when teams launch something new or companies, they don't know that it's going to be right. Just because they publicize it like crazy and they market the hell out of it and they advertise to it and they go on a PR rampage, so you read about it in magazines and news articles and stuff, that doesn't mean that whatever they're going to produce, their actual end product is good and it doesn't mean that they were right to do all of that. A lot of times it seems like they're geniuses, right? But they're not. You know, In most cases, they're not geniuses. Uh, the ones that absolutely kill it, the ones that you hear about doing really well and then they continue to do well, it's, it's because whatever they made is, is great, usually, you know, whatever that end product is. Um, but the thing is, right, it's not that they just came up with something awesome, 
you know, one time and put it out and, and that's that. The thing is, they, whoever this, you know, this, this they that I keep referring to is, they failed a ton before that thing came out. They tried a hundred things before they felt good enough about that one to take it all the way and put it out into the, the market or out into, you know, whatever space they're in to get some eyeballs on it and get some attention. And that's not to say that they didn't go through that whole process 10, 20, 30 times before that, including talking up something really big, trying to promote it, getting it in front of eyeballs, and then the thing absolutely tanking. You know, that happens a lot too. You just don't see it. You don't hear about it as much. You don't hear about the failures. You don't hear about the catastrophes and the disasters when people try to launch something new and it sucks. You just don't, you don't hear about it. You hear about the successes. So uh, if you're someone who's building something and has been working on building a brand or whatever, a company for a while now, then you've already experienced this. Most likely you've already been through it. The first few ideas you had probably sucked and you put it out there. And I say it like that because I, I want I want people to be able to be open and honest with themselves. In fact, I'm going to go on a, on a little side tangent here that I wasn't planning on saying anything about. Um, you know, I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs now and some of them are relatively inexperienced. Some of them are significantly more experienced and there's all kinds in between. I'm kind of an in-betweener, probably on the lower experience side. Well, definitely on the lower experience side. But there's one thing that I understand that a lot of the, I'll say younger, it's usually younger entrepreneurs don't understand. When I say younger, I do mean in age, um, with 22, 23, 24, 25, you know, the younger entrepreneurs don't understand and don't want to admit. And that's when something really sucks that they produced or that they were a part of. Um, I'm comfortable now. <laughs> uh, I'm 32 years old. And I'm comfortable saying when I do something, if it sucks, I'm comfortable saying that sucked or that, you know, whatever I just built, wow, that thing is a piece of garbage. Uh, I can't believe I even thought that that was a good idea yesterday, right? I can't believe I even thought people would like this. Um, you know, but I'm comfortable saying that and I'm comfortable doing it and I'm comfortable putting forth something that I think is okay, that sucks, and then getting that feedback that it sucks or seeing it, you know, after the fact and then realizing it and making the changes necessary. That is a, I consider that a strength and I'll talk about that in a minute. But what the what I find most younger entrepreneurs and younger business owners, and brand builders, and things of that nature, uh, what they are too sensitive to, is admitting or hearing that what they have is is trash. It sucks, or it needs this type of work. Now, I don't typically go at people with feedback in the form of just like absolutely putting them down. I don't do that. Um, but there are people that do, and there are people with huge, uh, huge audiences and a lot of influence that will do that. And they don't necessarily mean any harm. It's just kind of the way that they communicate. So, you know, when someone says, if someone were to do this, let's just paint a picture here, like a scenario. If you were selling a product, um, you know, let's just say, this is a really common scenario. You sourced a product 
from overseas and you brought it to the US and you're selling it on amazon.com and it's like a $30 product you pay like i don't know 8 bucks a piece for them or something um and you get a review and the review is like two stars out of five and it says oh i bought this thing it looked really good and then i got it home and i tried to use it for whatever and it sucked and it fell apart and i had to get amazon to give me a refund okay and they left that in a review now that's stuck on your your listing page as a review um now you can go try to do whatever you want to do tactically to try and fix that or you know have the review changed but the bottom line is you had a customer and that customer told you that your product sucked so you know you can take that a whole bunch of different ways and i think the uh, younger engineers engineers younger entrepreneurs <laughs> tend to take that so negatively that it cripples them in some ways um but the more i guess seasoned entrepreneurs and the ones who have kind of, you know, grown some thicker skin and grown some immunity to criticism and feedback will take that as a sign that, wow, this, you know, this thing definitely needs a second look or a third look. Like maybe, maybe they're onto something. I guess the, the big takeaway is that the, the type of word choice used shouldn't always be the thing that you latch onto it's the context and the overall punchline of whatever that person is saying. So when you get feedback on something and it's negative, you know, instead of getting offended or trying to take it personal or think they're picking on you or something, instead of that, why don't why don't you just take a step back and and, and read into what they're saying? Because chances are whatever they're saying is true. And if you beat yourself up over negative feedback and try to put yourself in the position of a victim, all that's going to do is cripple you and prevent you from doing anything that you actually want to do. And so, again, what I find that the younger, newer entrepreneurs do is that they experience this and that's exactly what happens. They get crippled by it. They take it personal. Sometimes they react negatively and they end up hurting themselves instead of just brushing it off. You know, maybe the context or the tone of, of the comment, they brush that off and then take the actual meat of the review or the meat of the response or the feedback or the criticism and turn it into something constructive they can actually use to fix their product. Because again, chances are the actual like meaning and purpose and, and, and intent of that comment is to inform you that your product needs work. All right, now back to the main point, which is how do you know when you're right? Again, you don't. But you can actually get pretty close, okay? And it's called testing. You can test and test and test and continue to test and to the point where you actually have some evidence that what you're doing is going to work. So there's nothing wrong with releasing a product. There's nothing wrong with releasing a service. There's nothing wrong with doing any of that stuff, right? Uh, without, without gathering data, uh, I wouldn't advise it, but it could still work. And here's why. 
if you release a product, all right, if you come up with some invention or, I don't know, you find a supplier or you make something, right? I don't know. I like to use uh, off-the-cuff examples. Let's say you make um, soap, right? You make soap. No, better. You make toothpaste. You make some organic toothpaste, you know, by hand or whatever in your kitchen. Um, okay, you release it and you start selling it on your online store or on Amazon or something. Um, and people hate the taste of it, but they love the way that it makes their teeth feel. Okay, now you get all this data. That product's not going to explode because people hate the taste of it. And they're not going to use something that tastes really disgusting uh, twice a day when they brush their teeth. It's just not going to happen, right? So, and I know taste is subjective, but let's just pretend for a second that this is really, really bad, right? Uh, so, you know, you, you, you realize after some internal testing that it actually tastes really, really good until it ages for a few weeks and then it starts to taste really bad. And that's why, you know, you had no idea. So anyway, you, you, you fumble with the concoction a little bit, you get it to, to a point where it actually tastes good and it, the shelf life is higher or longer or whatever, and you get a new product out there. Um, and, and all of a sudden people start buying it and then they start complaining about, uh, the way that, I don't know, the, the taste changes over time. So now you have a taste issue. There's some, one of your ingredients changes over the course of six weeks. Um, every once in a while, you know, like one out of 10 tubes or something changes. So now the taste is changing and people hate it and blah, blah, blah. So you get more negative feedback. Um, and you go through this whole process. Then you realize after a while that, you know, maybe you have a problem with the bottles or the tubes that you're shipping these in. And so one out of 10 tubes, uh, I don't know, develops a crack along a certain seam or something like that, or the threads on the cap, um, they cross thread or something like that, like really easily, like more than, than a normal tube of toothpaste, like all these little things that could happen. You don't, you don't experience any of these when you're doing your beta testing or, or anything like that. So all these things happen one after another, after another. And from a distance, it looks like a catastrophe. Okay, if you were to zoom way out and say, well, first you had this problem, then you had this major problem, then you had this major problem, this one, this one, this one, this one, all just to get one flavor of one type of homemade organic toothpaste out into the market. You experienced all these problems. Or someone could also look at that and say, oh, you experienced all these failures. And the bottom line is, to tie this to the whole intent of this podcast episode, how did you know you were going to be right? Well, you, you weren't right, right? <laughs> you weren't right. You, you deliver, you put this product out there and you were not right, right off the bat. You were right in intent, but you weren't right in product execution. Okay. But in my opinion, that was still a success. You put something out there, right? You put this organic toothpaste out in the market. People liked it, but they didn't love it. So you fixed it a little bit and you made it better and now more people liked it. They still didn't love it. You fixed some other stuff and you went through that process over and over and over again until you didn't just fix all the little things that might have been wrong with it. You made it into something great. So you actually infused 
a lot of great features, a lot of great characteristics, a lot of great specifications or whatever into this product to make it phenomenal, right? So that is success. And that is the blueprint to being right. It literally is. That is the step-by-step. That is the textbook method to being right. You're never right off the bat. But when you get into a situation like that where you are iteratively stepping through these little micro failures, these little micro problems in order to get something at the end that is good enough to feel right about, then you're right. And that's how this all happens, right? So if you go back and listen to uh, the Fit Successful Dad podcast way back when it first started, it was... I, I. I'm embarrassed, actually, just to go back and listen to those. And that was like seven, eight months ago, um, 84 episodes ago. And just so you know, episode one took me, uh, I don't remember exactly, like four attempts or five attempts. And what that means, and each of those attempts in itself was probably 20 attempts. So it probably took me about 80 attempts to get episode one complete. Let me explain. (laughs) I would sit down uh, at the end of 2016, maybe January 2017. I sat down uh, behind my microphone and I tried recording episode zero and it, I would go through like 20 different times, sit there, record the whole thing, delete it, record the whole thing, delete it, record the whole thing, delete it 20 times. You can take a few hours And then I would finally be happy with it. And then I would like basically hit export, turn it into an MP3 and move on. And then the next day or a couple days later, I'd listen to it and be like, oh, this is absolute garbage. This sucks. And I would delete it. And because I would delete it, it would actually force me to re-record it. So I'd sit down behind my desk again, behind my mic, and I would record it again. And again, that would take 20, maybe 17, 18 attempts to end up with an mp3 file of my podcast episode zero that I was satisfied with. And then again, a couple days later, I listened to it. Oh, this sucks. This is terrible. I would delete it. It would force me to re-record it again. So this went on like three or four times, right? So I would record it literally 17, 18, 19, 20 times. And I did that whole process like three or four different times. So somewhere, I don't have the exact numbers, but somewhere between probably 60 and 80 attempts to record episode zero before I was happy with it. And here we are eight months later, when I go back and listen to it, I think it's awful. (laughs) I really do. There are people that still tell me that it's actually not bad and that it's very informative and educational on the content and kind of describes what the podcast is going to be about, you know, the whole podcast series. Um, So some people see that as a success and some people see that as me putting that out there and feeling good about it from day one and knowing ahead of time that it was going to be great or that it was going to be good or that it was going to be correct, right? Uh, And even now still, when I record an episode, I don't know that it's going to be well received. I don't know what the reception is going to be like. Even for this episode, I feel like this is something that the, the content of this episode, I feel like this is something that I wish I was told two or three years ago. And so I hope that this lands on ears that are in need to hear something like this. 
So I think it's going to be valuable. That doesn't mean that I'm right. And that doesn't mean that I'm correct, that this is like the type of content that needs to be put out right now, or that it'll actually end up where it needs to end up, which is in the ears of people who need to hear it. So I don't know that I'm going to be right about this. But what I do know is that I'm putting this out and I continue to put out content, right? And I, and I, I more or less stick to twice a week for content distribution and I take what feedback I do get and I change the podcast accordingly to address things that people have commented on. That's the right thing to do in order to get the best product that I think I can put out. And that transcends just podcasting world. That's, that's for everything that I do. And that's for everything that every entrepreneur that I know does. So people, they make stuff look easy and they make themselves look like they were correct before they even pulled the trigger on that thing, but they're not. Things aren't easy and they, they weren't right. All right. They're, people are never right the first time, no matter how experienced they are. Things take iterations, things take a lot of refining, things take a lot of reworking in order to get them into the spot where they can. people can kind of feel good enough about it where they can say, yeah, maybe I'm right. Maybe this is the right thing. All right, to build stuff is, I've said this before, everyone says this, it takes a ton of work. Yeah, it's hard, right? But it's all doable. So, you know, if you're listening to this and you're a parent, just know that you're not alone. There's plenty of parents that I interact with that have built stuff. Uh, if you're a college student, if you're a full-time, I don't know, nurse or engineer, or you work in an office or you're in construction, it doesn't matter. If you have a full-time job, uh, building something like this is definitely doable, but it takes work. It takes understanding that you're going to fail, right? That you're going to suck for could be a long time and that the product you put out your first one is going to be probably not the winner you're going to have to go back and change it it doesn't mean that the underlying foundation of it can't be the winner but the delivered product up front in the beginning is probably not the one that's going to lead you to where you want to go but it's a start all right it's your very first breadcrumb so with that guys i'm going to wrap up this episode but just in general I want you to know that without doing anything, then it doesn't matter whether you think you're right or you think you're wrong or you are right or you are wrong. If you don't do anything, then you're not going to get anywhere anyway. And no matter what you're trying to do, it'll obviously never get there. It'll never get built. It'll never get written. It'll never get constructed. It'll never get delivered. And it'll never, more importantly and most importantly, it'll never get into the hands of the people that want that thing. It's just never going to happen if you don't actually do something about it. So embrace the fact that you suck at whatever you're trying to do the first time you do it. And then just go. Go at it again. Suck at it a second time. A third, fourth, fifth time. As many times as it takes until you get the thing that's awesome. Right? And you're never going to be right the first time. And that's okay. Period. Bottom line. So again, that's it. Thank you guys so much for checking this out. If you have somebody in your life that needs to hear this message and all the messages of this podcast in general, please share this with them and also shoot over to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, you know, unbiased, just give it to me straight, whether you like it, love it, hate it. I just want to know. So again, guys, thank you so much. And I will talk to you in the next episode. Take care.